Hello and welcome to Need to Know, the only podcast that focuses on the latest trends, news, entertainment, and celebrities in baking. I am Kevin Kurtz, your uh, continued guest host here for at least another week. And uh, with me as always is uh, the lovely Gemma Stafford. Gemma. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Um, I'm Gemma Stafford, <laughs> professional chef, host of Bigger Boulder Baking. And your partner in crime. Partner in crime, exactly. And uh, what kind of crimes have we, we been up to recently, Gemma? Should we start with a Dream Kitchen remodel updates? Sure. For those of you who uh, who don't know, um, we actually bought a house and we've been remodeling it the last few months. And do you know that Tom Hanks movie, Money Pit? Uh, where? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was the fear, but it's actually been going incredibly well. And the exciting thing is, is... We're making serious progress uh, week after week, and I I, I don't want to jinx anything, but we are really close to being done. Gemma, what have you seen this last week um, uh, in the kitchen? Uh, what kind of updates can can you talk about as far as the things we've picked out? Mm, well, I so I haven't been over to the house in like a week. Uh, they started putting in the floors, which is exciting. Um, they put the presses, they put in our cabinets, uh, a little while ago, but then they put the doors on the those presses, um, the cupboards in the kitchen. And I'm trying to think of the other big thing that they did. Oh, where well, they painted the house also. Yeah. Good paint. And then we picked out some of the finishes. In and they had some of the finishes. So like, uh, I'm excited about the handles. We have these like really cool handles for the cupboards in the kitchen. Yeah. It's all starting to come together. I'm, I'm really excited for the, um, the wolf appliances to go in. Yeah. So we um, we are working with a really amazing designer um, named Antonio, and uh, he's really helped us uh, kind of guide our creative vision. It's one of those things where uh, if if we didn't have uh, full time full time jobs, running businesses, being parents, uh, you know, maybe we'd be able to do it. But it's been amazing to have a, a partner here uh, help us out as well with Antonio. So um, we also locked in on. Uh, our um, faucets, our kitchen faucets, and all yeah, those yeah, all things. the hardware is what you call it, right? Well, the hardware would be like the knobs and the, the, the same? pulleys and all the that. The faucet the is the same finishes, as the knob. Nah, you call them finishes overall, but the they wouldn't quite hardware wouldn't quite uh, uh, describe that. Um, listen, folks, I've become a remodeling expert here, and I plan to actually spin off and do my own kitchen remodeling show. Um, what Isn't do you think funny? about that, Jim? Well, I think it's just funny that like when you're getting married, you watch a whole pile of like say yes to oh, the yeah. dress. Um, and then when once you're married, like that's it over, never again. Like you don't watch any of those like wedding shows. And when we bought the house, we started watching HGTV yeah. and the remodel shows. What was the one we, we liked? Well, the Rock the Block on Rock the Block. Discovery Plus. We liked that. That was good. Not a plug. But. Um but yeah, you start, you get, you get fixated and then you're like, you know, like, oh, look at the tile that they did in their yeah. kitchen or look, they tiled their um, extractor fan. Like, will we do that? And hey, they put wood in the kitchen. Are you allowed to do that? So yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's funny. There were a few, a few things that have come to me kind of during this experience. One is that um, it's not easy because you're not doing this on a daily basis unless you work in the field as far as remodeling or, you know, building houses. 
Um, but um, we've run it like a business as far as like if you think about it as uh, you you have a set objective, you have to pull together the right team, um, you've got to set a budget, you've got to try to manage to that budget or know that it's going to go 20 to 30% over. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, been the way we've thought about it and it's actually been pretty smooth. Yeah. No, I think like we like jobs like this because there, well, there's a beginning, a middle and an yeah. end. The beginning is buying it. The middle is get is in the throes of construction. And then the end is when we um, finally move in and unpack. Yeah. And again, we we will keep you posted here, I'm sure, on uh, our updates. Um, our kitchen backsplash tile just came in, so that's coming. Um, but you're actually going to be able to see it as well. We're documenting it, and uh, we plan to share some additional videos um, across uh, Bigger Boulder Baking and Gemma's accounts. So make sure you're, you are tuning in there. Um, Gemma, I want to jump right into... Uh, baking news. And a lot of our baking news tends to focus on TikTok. So we'll actually start there. But Gemma, on TikTok, the funny thing is, and here's my epiphany on TikTok, is that I think people are are, are discovering things that um, that exist and then just it's blowing their minds. But they're things that like some people know, and maybe a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't. So let me ask you this. Uh, do you know what reverse tearing is? No. Are you familiar with reverse tearing? No. That concept. So it, it seems to be that, uh, so reverse tearing is where bakers measure ingredients straight out of the container. Oh, tearing. Yeah, but but they're calling it reverse tearing. I thought when you said tear, I immediately thought like oh. tearing a piece of paper. Ah, I see. So I know, so I know what tearing is. Yeah. I have no idea what reverse tearing okay. is. Okay, so... The, the video out there right now is, and, and I specifically didn't show you to see what you thought is, they're putting uh, an entire bag of flour on the scale. Mm -hmm. They're zeroing it out. Yeah. And then they're actually measuring straight out of the bag in order to get the most accurate weight out of the bag rather than measuring into the bag and then measuring onto the, the, the scale. Does that make sense to you? Do, uh, like, do you think that's a, a, I'm gonna be a honest, good method? That makes no sense to me. Why? Okay. Why are they measuring out of the bag? What like what benefit is that? There's, so they've got a kilo of flour that's on right. your thing, and then they take out a cup. That's right. And then it's a kilo minus five ounces, like a cup. That's right. Why don't you just put your then? Why don't you just put your bowl on the weighing scales? And measure in your cup that way. Like, uh, what's what's the advantage of reverse? I'm doing air quotes here. Reverse tear. Yeah, well, and I'll challenge that a little bit. Is okay. You don't need a bowl. Is that would that be right? Well, then where'd you put your flour? Oh, that's a good. That's that's a good. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, and yes. But where and. is your? So, but where are all your ingredients going? Like, um, and yeah. when you do it on a bowl, it all just goes into your your one bowl. Right. And but now you're putting a whole pile of different ingredients on a scale. It makes oh, no and sense. Just, and just me. putting things on it makes there. No sense. So that's why again, I I think I mentioned that sometimes things pop out of nowhere. And and again, maybe you this know. is why I don't watch TikTok videos because they I I that like that's just I don't think I think that's kind of nonsense. Well, it's blowing people's minds right now, Gemma. Mm. Um, well, so talk to me about how you measure. I measure like a normal person and I put my bowl on a weighing scales and I 
put in my flour, I tear, I put in sugar, tear. You just like you measure in, into a bowl. I do everything um, on an electric scale. It's much faster. It's uh, more accurate. Sure. And it's just easier. And you work out of one bowl. And the tearing is just zeroing, zeroing out. Zeroing out. Right? So you put okay. in, so I, you, you put on your bowl and your bowl weighs a pound. So you zero it out. Mm-hmm. So now you're working with on zero and then you add in your one cup of flour, which is 142 grams, five ounces. Yeah. And you measure that. And then you've got to add your sugar in on top of that. Then you, so you go back to zero, like the flour was never there. And then you start with your sugar. Yeah. I, I never used a scale before and only recently have been doing it and making like banana oat pancakes and things like that for, for Georgie and us. And um, I love the accuracy of it. I mean, it's amazing. And I know you always say to get the most accurate results, it's important to do that because a cup is not a cup is not a cup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, uh, uh, yeah, definitely a good uh, good school of thought here. Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll do a, we'll do, you can do a video uh, uh, telling people not to do that. <laughs> Are you are, are you going to end up doing the kind of anti uh, videos on TikTok? I, do, I, I might turn into that old woman who's just like, "What? What are they doing that for?" And then and then just go on and rant about how stupid the videos are. Gemma, the reality is that would be probably hundreds of millions of views. So you have to do that. You no, have to figure that one out. I, I, I'm pretty like like I, I'm open to a lot of things, and there's lots of stuff that I don't know. But I think that's um, I I don't get the point of that. Yeah, and and it ends up reading negative one hundred and sixty grams or something like that. Yeah, if you end sense. up if you end up doing Confusing. that as well. So interesting. All right. So nothing, uh, no on the tearing. Well, Gemma, I I, I think uh, there's a there's a recent study that maybe speaks a little bit to um, to your uh, questioning of some of the the, the content out there. Um, the Takeout.com had an article on how uh, food media. Um, really affects uh, people and influences people. And so, again, with a lot of the TikTok ten- trends recently, they've just come on so fast, like they come and they go so quickly. But that the uh, the study, and again, I, I can't give you the, the sample size, um, otherwise uh, I could tell you it's statistically significant, but I don't quite know, is that something like around 40% of people order food just to post it on social media. Stop. That's ridiculous. Zach is shaking his head and he should know. That's crazy. And Gemma, 40% say they throw it away. No. And again, I can't vouch for the actual data, but in general, just that idea or thinking of people just like buying stuff for social media as well as throwing it away. What do you think? That makes me... Like that, it makes me angry. Like I don't, that's not okay. Like it's not okay to throw away good food. And like, so like I would like, I'm not all about the gram. Like I don't live to like post on Instagram. You see a lot of people out there who do, but why on earth would you order food and then, and then throw it away? And that, that, like that really, that, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because there's so many people out there who, um, you know, who are hungry. It's just, that's really awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's an unfortunate byproduct. Um, Jim, talk talk to me a little bit about again. You know, it's been almost uh, almost eight years uh, for uh, creating our bigger, bolder baking episodes. Um, but you know, you're not on Instagram 
daily posting, updating, creating? Are you like what? What are your what are your thoughts about that? Um, it's like it's preference. So I am on there daily. Like so, don't get me wrong. Mm. I, I do. I am on Instagram. Um, like checking out other people's posts. I don't post a whole lot on Instagram. Like I try and keep up with it. It's just that it's you know it's one of those it's a double-edged sword where it's like you post one thing and it gets no interaction and you feel bombed. And then you post another yeah. thing that like does hit well, like hit home and then like it gets loads of engagement. And, um, you know, we're in the business of like success. It ref- is reflected in, you know, hearts and thumbs ups and comments and stuff. And, um, I just don't really, you know, I don't want that to like, I don't like that, like the thoughts of that, yeah. You know, that um what's the word I'm trying to think of? It just like it it verifies, you know, you know, who your credibility and who you are. So yeah. I I'm just not like I, I do like to stay in touch with our fans and I try and stay um on there as much as I can. But um yeah, I do follow other people though. Like I do go on and like what read other people's posts and look at their stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm not just calling out Instagram. I mean, we, we post regularly on Facebook and and we get a lot of content out there, but Instagram's been personal for you as far as, you know, that has your Gemma Stafford page has really been your own. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the one and that's why it's not posted on like every single day. It's like, I, I am the one who posts on there mm-hmm. and, um, so, and then sometimes, like, especially when I'm very busy, like the last few months, I was very busy and I posted very rarely on there. I haven't got the time in my day. And you're, and, and I really want to manage the comments that come in and respond to mm. the messages in my stories and everything. But it's so hard to. And every time I post, I say, I'm going to do it this time. And I don't. Yeah. Because it just, it, it takes, it's not even the time. It also takes the mental energy to do it. And then I feel really bad when I don't answer people's comments. And then, so then I'm, I'm feeling bad for no reason, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's one of those things. I think Instagram, for some reason, Instagram is just, is a platform that people struggle with. That people say they delete, like you often hear big celebrities who mm-hmm. say they delete their account because they just can't, um, like they feel so bad every time they open it up and they see like how everybody else is like they're in you know fiji and having a great time and living their best life and all this sort of stuff well i think that's a little bit also to be fair is you're not manufacturing those moments if you put something up it's because you're actually putting something up yeah usually i so we i definitely it's not my instagram is not highly curated and a lot of it is in the moment little shots that we get like i think recently i posted a video of you pulling george around the sitting room in a box an empty box of pampers yep and uh, when he was born, I remember I was like brushing, I was in my bathrobe brushing his head with a teddy carrot. Mm-hmm. There's like, I like that's, that's the kind of Instagram I like to see. Yeah. The yeah. highly curated, very posed, you know, that the person took an hour and a half to get that one photo. Right. I, I, I don't gravitate towards those. And I think the majority of people don't either. Yeah. Well, it's something we've talked with our team recently is that, listen, like we want, we want to reach a lot of people. We, you know, views, reach, whatever you want to say is important, but really it's not just about that. It's about getting people to, uh, to, uh, be inspired by recipe, to go and make the recipe, to share it back with us. Like that's the sort of cycle that we're looking for because 
we're not looking just to reach somebody for the moment. We're looking to create fans for life and and to be a a baking authority and, and resource for them. So, well, let me move on to um, much better, happier uh, news, uh, which is around Gemma, everyone's favorite uh, Dairy Queen Blizzard. Oh, has a banana pudding milkshake mm. for this summer. Yum yum. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds really good. Uh, I have to find our, our closest DQ here. Uh, we we'll went see. to a Dairy Queen, didn't we? We did. We did. I think we Do you did a Blizzard. Where? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if, if it was here. It was in LA, but there are Dairy Queens in LA. We'll, we'll we can, there are. We, can we find went. Them. I don't think we were living here at the time. Pretty sure we weren't. But we went to a dairy. I, I'm positive we went to a Dairy Queen because you had never been. Because I'd never been. I'm, yeah. I wanted a Blizzard. Yeah. And uh, you hold them upside down. Like they're so thick. For those of you who don't know, they're so thick. You turn them upside down. And our gardeners just kicked in there at perfect timing. You turn them upside down and they, they're they so thick that the straw or the co- the spoon or whatever doesn't fall out. Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, the blizzard like is, is blows away uh, the McDonald's McFlurry and and uh, and those uh, types of desserts. Yeah. I think they're way better. You know they're what I want? Better. I've been saying this to you recently. So I I, I had Kevin and I oh, were yeah. trying to lay off the desserts and uh, and like a lot of the sugar just to give ourselves a bit of a break because we had a heavy few months here of a lot of recipe testing and indulging and all we're those in, things. We're in dessert rehab. We're just, in dessert just rehab. Yeah. Just say it. Um, but I said that I want. I've been craving, um, like soft serve. And I wanted, last weekend we did go and I, I gave in to my craving because it's been a few weeks now. We went and we got um, yogurt, frozen yogurt, which was yum. But what I really, really want, and maybe we'll do this, Kevin, on Friday, is oh, yeah. I want frozen custard from Shake Shack. Okay. There's a new one in Santa Monica. Yeah, that's what I want. We can head down there. Uh, I think you should make homemade frozen custard. I'll try. Yeah. You should give that I a go. I tried it before and it didn't really work. Yeah. Well, let's see. So back to the banana pudding blizzard. <laughs> um, so it's an amazing new flavor with fresh banana. That's good to hear. Banana pudding flavor, of course, uh, and actual Nilla wafers. Now, first of all, oh, no. A- and then, of course, there's whipped cream, crumbled cookies, a cherry, all that. But Gemma, in that description, fresh bananas, banana pudding flavor, mm-hmm. and actual Nilla wafers. Tell me what's wrong with that banana pudding dessert version, uh, milkshake version of that dessert. Isn't isn't a traditional banana pudding vanilla pudding like a regular? You know, you know the flavor that they said. Yes, that's what it's that flavor. is. Flavor. Yeah. No, no, it's it's pudding mix. But it's a banana pudding flavor. Yeah, yeah, but it's right. it's vanilla pudding. Mix. Okay, it's vanilla that's pudding. What it is. I got you from there. All right, but uh, but I digress. Um, so. You know, some of these these desserts, you know, definitely take you back to your, you know, your childhood. And there seems to be a big trend of uh, taking one dessert and making it into another. So talk to me a little bit about like pies in the milkshakes, um, kind of making making different desserts into actual like blended milkshake versions. Do you think that's a good idea? Um, I do. Yeah, like I, I love the idea of like a strawberry cheesecake milkshake, you know, like all those layers, all the different flavors. And I, I also I love the idea of adding cookies in there. So be it graham crackers. One of my favorite milkshakes is one that we made. It was Oreos. Uh, it was cookies and cream. It's blended up Oreos with ice cream and milk. 
That is insane. And I think the best part of it, you need a really strong blender to get it nice and smooth. The filling in the middle of the cookies, you leave that in. I don't know, there's something about that I just absolutely adore. But yes, I'm a big fan of blending up like slices of pecan pie and mixing it with ice cream and some milk or whatever, and then making it into like a milkshake. I'm all about that. So what what are what are some other of your your favorites there with the pie version? Is it oh. do you just put pie in? You can. I've seen people do that. Okay. I've seen people do that. And I've done that, I think. Have I? No, I haven't. Um I so yeah, you can do that. And what would be some of my flavors? Like, how about something like red velvet milkshake? Oh nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Like with little cake chunks? Cake chunks. Yeah, put cake chunks in there. Yeah. There we go. And like cream cheese. And cream cheese too. frosting. Just yeah. blend all that up with ice cream and a little okay. bit of milk. And then you have a red velvet milkshake. Okay. That's a good one. We um, haven't made a red velvet milkshake. No. Just take any of your, like, how about like pound cake? You know, like get some pound cake and strawberries and cream and blend all that up together. So is that where it's like a pound of flour, a pound of butter, a, a pound of sugar, and a pound of ice cream? No. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a pound cake milkshake? <laughs> Accurately? Not quite. But, but you wouldn't, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't put them on the scale. You no. would measure. Um, the, the the good thing about like those kinds of recipes is that they're, they're very forgiving. So like go through your cupboards, like look in your freezer. Like I nearly always have cookie dough in the freezer, don't I, Kevin? Or like a piece, a frozen piece of cake or something, you know, blend all that stuff up and make a nice yummy milkshake. Well, and you had that concept, you made some desserts before about like taking one dessert and really plussing it up. You actually have an idea for a future recipe and video, don't you? Around uh, taking banana bread and kind of making it over the top. Oh yeah, well, utilizing banana bread to make it into different recipes. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, like I'm all about that. Like uh, it's, you know, it's, you see, I try, like I try and think outside the box and like I, I've shown so many different like banana bread recipes now. So it's like, okay, now what's, what's next? Like, yeah. so what? Like, what's next? How can you transform How it? How can you transform it into something right. else, you know? Right. Uh, and it's something that like people love to make at home. They might have some leftover or whatever. So yeah, I'm always trying to think crafty ways like that. Yeah. Well, fall and pie season is coming up. So there, I'm sure there'll be some good pie, uh, Dessert milkshake. Yeah, ideas we have a whole pie thing planned for the fall, um, for especially around Thanksgiving because that's pie season. Nice. Um, so we'll we'll be we'll be doubling down on like our pie content and pastry and just pie decorating and all the tips and tricks that you need to make pies. Love it, love it. Stay tuned for that. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about baking tips and and what I'm going to call kind of truths. And there's your I'll I'll give the air quotes around that too. Uh, is there, there's all sorts of baking kind of, uh, well, back to the, even the, the TikTok example earlier is, uh, things that people say are true, but are they true? So I, I'm, I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit on this gem if I, if I can. Uh, so right now, um, one question is, you know, or typical statement is don't open the oven door while the dessert is baking, or you could ruin the whole thing. And I'm going to say a cake, like don't open the door to the oven to a cake. Is that true or false? That's true. 
Yeah. Why is that? It's there's, there's an unwritten rule, like obviously, that don't open your rest, don't open the oven within the first twenty minutes. Now, obviously, if your cake takes ten minutes, then that doesn't apply. But um, it it lets the heat out. Number one, the oven has to struggle to get back up to that heat, and uh, it can cause your cakes specifically. It can cause cakes to fall. And then you end up with a, a with a hole in the middle of your cake, which mm. is very common. So really, the rule of thumb is don't open it. Like you're baking a cake for 40 minutes. Do not open the door within the first 20 minutes of baking until it has kind of formed its shape and its crust. And uh, after that, you're, you're kind of safe. Good tip. And um, a little bit of an aside, but can you help me with a concept here around, um, because it's actually a big question that we get from our fans uh, regularly is about preheating your oven. Like, what does it mean really? And I know this is a basic question, but we get this on a daily basis. What does it mean to preheat your oven? Yeah, you're all, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever baked a recipe that goes into a cold oven. Sometimes people do that with bread and Dutch mm. ovens. I've seen that. But um, no, always preheat your oven to the temperature, 354, whatever it is. And um, uh, don't like don't ever put like cookies, cake, something like that, like into a cold oven and then preheat it. You always have to have your oven preheated. It will affect your end results if you don't. Waffles is jumping on the uh, camera bags trying to get up to his perch. Um, so it's the idea that uh, you just need to get up to the requested temperature, get yeah. your oven up to it. Hopefully it's constant. Um, I know a big thing people always uh, talk about or, or have questions about is like some people think their oven knows exactly what the temperature is, but many people's ovens are actually off. So that's a big yeah, consideration. It's very common it, it's in, in domestic ovens. It's in all ovens. It's very common to have a hotspot to have like a corner of the oven that's hotter than the rest. Right. So um, I recommend uh, to everyone almost, you know, get a little um, oven thermometer and just make yeah. sure that your oven is the heat that you're heating it up to. Great. So on to our next question, baking soda and baking powder last forever, true or false? Mm, you know, I'm sure the answer is false. Yeah, of course it is. But um. In reality, like I could have a tub of baking soda for a year. Okay. Well, but but to me, for like a year, active for to isn't be active. No, no, it it will yeah. stop to activate. It will. So right. like you shouldn't have a baking soda for five years. Sure. No, don't do that. So throw right. it out and get a new one. They're like a dollar. Um. <laughs> so yeah, you it's they they last a lot longer than the life the shelf life of of flour. Um, I would think, but um, yeah, like it's the same with yeast, with powders, with um, instant yeast. If you go, it does, it, instant yeast does expire and it can go, once it's expired, it'll stop, it'll cease to rise and um, it'll be totally ineffective. So yeah, you always, it is a good idea. If you're worried about those things, the best thing to do is if you don't bake that often, buy in small amounts. Yeah, and if you want stuff to stay fresh longer, like whole wheat flour, mm. like yeast and things like that, keep them in your fridge. Yeast, I have, I buy a bag of yeast. I don't use yeast a huge amount because I also have a sourdough starter. So I use my starter mm. a bit. Mm -hmm. 
But, um, you know, you buy a, I buy a big bag of yeast and it lasts me. I honestly, I'd say the last one lasted me a year and a half, but I kept it in the fridge the whole time and it stayed fresh for probably, I'd say a year and a half to two years. Great, great tip, great tip. All right, last true or false, use margarine instead of butter for fluffier cakes. Mm, I'd say that might be true. Yeah. And Gemma, what are your thoughts on margarine? My thoughts on margarine, I don't like to like to smack talk food because it like there's a reason why people use it. It's cheaper. It's more accessible. Margarine. Um, when I was young, I when I was baking a lot, I went through my mom's all of my mom's butter. And because I was baking almost every night and using her butter, she went and she got me a big tub of margarine. In Ireland, it's called Stork. It's the brand. And so I used that, but then realized that the flavor wasn't nearly as good. So I stopped using it, went back to her butter. But um, a lot of it, it's it's much cheaper and it's convenient. And, and also margarine, the good thing about it is it's always at a soft temperature, always at a soft consistency. So it's good for whipping or creaming. Um, so, but, but if you can afford to bake with real butter, uh, I would strongly recommend it for superior flavor. Well, and can I say too, like even when you're doing some testing and things like that, you also differentiate sometimes between the the cheap, cheap butter and then like using Kerrygold for something, right? That you'll 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 use different types for different purposes. Yeah, like if we're doing a lot of recipe testing here and um it's just to the the, the results will be the same whether like mm-hmm. the the like physical results will be the same of the recipe. If I use a cheaper block of butter than if I used Kerrygold, like it's the flavor might be different, like for sure. But um, for all of my recipe testing, when we do a lot and butter is so expensive, so I will buy cheaper butter for recipe testing. All right, Gemma, I think that concludes our latest episode here. And I think um, next week you're going to have a new guest host. I think we'll- Uh, actually a new host um, that we'll be able to introduce to you. So stay tuned for that. Um, As always, thank you so much for listening to Need to Know. Please be sure to rate this podcast wherever you're listening. Leave us comments. Let us know what uh, what you're enjoying um, or not. Um, We just love to hear back uh, from you and we will definitely uh, take that into consideration for the future. Thank you so much, Gemma. And um, we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Kevin. I'll miss you next week, but I'm looking forward to the new host. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone.